اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم یا ایوہ الذین آمنوا او یوہو ہیف بلیوڈ علیکم انفسکم اپان یو از ا ریسپانسیبلٹی فور یور سیلف علیکم آن یو انفسکم یور سیلف میننگ یو ار ریسپانسیبل فور یور سیلف الون سو وٹ ڈز دیٹ مین دیٹ یو شوڈ بی فرسٹ اینڈ فار موسٹ کنسرنڈ اباؤٹ یور گائیڈنس You should be first and foremost concerned about your righteous deeds, your obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You should worry about perfecting your iman. You should be concerned about protecting your iman. Because many times we are concerned about the entire world, but we neglect who? Ourselves. Just yesterday somebody shared with me that... If we all followed the advice that we give to others, then we would indeed be very successful. That we are advising other people all the time. Why? Because we care for them. But at the same time, we don't do those things. And if we were to do them, we would definitely be very successful. So what does Allah say over here? عَلَيْكُمْ أَنفُسَكُمْ You are responsible for yourself. Worry about yourself. Because at the end, who are you responsible for? Who are you answerable for? For yourself. You have to answer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala about your life, how you spent it, about your money, how you earned it, how you spent it, about your time, about your salah. You have to answer to Allah about yourself. Therefore, worry about yourself and for the sake of others, don't cause yourself to suffer. Just to advise other people to improve their condition, don't destroy yourself. Just because you care for humanity doesn't mean that you don't care about your iman. You don't care about your well-being. No, you have to care about yourself. And I'm not talking in the worldly sense, but your iman, your faith, your obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لَا يَضُرُّكُمْ He will not harm you. Who? مَنْ ضَلَّ The one who has gone astray. The person who has gone astray, He cannot harm you, meaning He cannot cause you to suffer in your iman when idhahtadaytum, when you are rightly guided. Meaning if others go astray, then they cannot harm you if you are rightly guided. You worry about your deen and Allah will protect you. Now this does not mean that you don't care about others. You're only concerned about your salah, about your siyam, about your truthfulness. And you don't tell other people about what is right and what is wrong. No, you tell other people. But if they don't listen, if they don't accept, then you don't have to destroy yourself over them. You don't have to neglect yourself just because of them. Because what happens is that sometimes people want others to wake up and pray salah. And they're sitting by their side trying to wake them up. Wake up, wake up, it's time for salah, it's time for salah. And the other person is not getting up. So in this process, don't miss your own salah. If you have tried to wake them up, they wake up good. And if they don't, you are not responsible anymore. This doesn't mean that you don't even bother to tell others. You tell them. But if they're not listening, you don't destroy yourself. You don't ruin yourself. Because remember that لَا يَضُرُّكُمْ مَنْ ضَلَّ إِذَا اَحْتَدَيْتُمْ When you're rightly guided, 
The other people's misguidance is not going to harm you. To Allah is the return of all of you together. And then He will inform you about what you used to do. You have to answer to Allah. Your spouse has to answer to Allah. Your children, your parents, your siblings, your friends... Everyone is individually responsible to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, yes, you care about others, but first and foremost, you care about your deen. Ya ayyuhalladina amanu, O you who have believed, shahadatu baynikum, testimony among you. What does that mean? This means that testimony should be taken among you. When, idha hadara ahadakumul maut, when death approaches one of you. Meaning one of you, meaning one of the believers, is about to die. Death has approached him, he is near death, the signs of death are visible, and he is about to die. Like for example, a person had a very serious accident. Very serious accident. He is between consciousness and unconsciousness, constantly. Bleeding profusely, and the doctors think that he's not going to last for more than a couple of days. So, the signs of death are quite visible. This person is still somewhat conscious, but not fully. Or he is conscious, and then he falls unconscious. It means that he is going to die very soon. So, at this time, إِذَا حَضَرَ أَحَدَكُمُ الْمَوْتِ At this time, what should be done? At this time, especially when a person is at the verge of dying, حِينَ الْوَصِيَّةِ At the time of wasiyah, At the time of making a bequest. What is wasiyah? Bequest, the final will. Concerning what? Concerning a person's wealth, concerning his work, any advice which he wishes to give to his family, any particular instruction which he wants to give to his family or friends or co-workers. That is what? Wasiyah. So he is about to die and he is making a wasiyah. He is making a will. So when he is making a will, who will he make it before? Allah says, Ithnani. Two men. Which kind of men? Which kind of two people? Dawa adlin. Possessors of justice. Meaning two just people. Men come from among you. Meaning from among Muslims. So he's at the verge of dying. And he has some wealth with him. So what does he do? He grabs two Muslims. He finds out that the doctor is Muslim. The nurse is Muslim. So he gets them and he calls them and he says, Okay, this is the money that I have. Please, this is my address, give it to my family. This is where they are. Or to others from other than you. This will be in the situation where there are no Muslims around. So there are non-Muslims, whether they are Christian or Jews or whoever. Or min ghayrikum has also been understood as your non-relatives, meaning people not from your country, not from your tribe, they're distant people, but still you will get them and you will tell them about your wasiyah. And this will especially be in which case? In antum, if you, ضربتم fil ardi, you are traveling in the earth, فأصابتكم, so it reached you, musibatul maut, the musibah of death, meaning the disaster of death. So in other words, what is being mentioned over here in simpler words a very important principle of a believer's life is being mentioned in this ayah and that is concerning his wealth 
what he is going to do with it at the time of death. Every person who is born, he will eventually die. Because death is what? Al-yaqeen, the certainty. The only certain thing about our lives is what? Death. That's the only certain thing of our lives, that we will eventually die. And while a person is alive, he gathers many things. He buys things. He owns many things. It may be a little and it may be a lot. Some people, they own just their personal belongings. Nothing that expensive. The only thing expensive that they may own is perhaps a telephone, perhaps a computer, and that's about it. Other people, they may have assets in millions. So every person who lives on this earth owns something or the other. Even if it's just one ring. Even if it's just a pair of clothes that he or she is wearing. He owns something or the other. And we have learned earlier that when a person dies, whatever he leaves behind becomes whose right? It becomes a right of who? The heirs, the relatives. They own it. And how is it divided amongst them? According to the law of inheritance, which we have studied earlier in Surah An-Nisa. So, what if a person is traveling and then unexpectedly he is in such a situation which shows to him that he is not going to survive that long. Which shows to him that he might not make it back home. He might not see his family members again. And it may be a business trip or it may not be. But whatever it is, he is far from home, far from his family and he has his things with him. And when he dies, they are the right of his family. They must be delivered to them. He cannot take it back himself because he knows he's going to die. So he has to hand over those things to who? To somebody who is reliable, who is honest so that they will take it to the deceased person's family and they can get their right. Likewise, it may not be money but it may be some other important instruction. Like for example, there is a person who's traveling and his family never hears back from him. And they don't know whether he's alive or not. So this man, before he dies, he wants to leave a message for his family. So he says, my family lives in such and such place. Please let them know that I have passed away and I say my salam and I give my love to my children and tell my mom I love her and tell my wife to forgive me, whatever message he wants to give. This is also what? Part of wasiyah. So at this time of Musibatul Maut, what will he do? Allah says over here that two just people will be brought before the dying person. He will do his wasiyah to them. He will hand over his belongings to them. And what are they required to do? Deliver that to who? To the family. And uh, in the ideal situation, it should be two reliable, just Muslims. And if that's not possible, then any other two people, even if they are not Muslim. Now, the question is, why two people? Why two people? Why is the wealth going to be handed over to two people and not one person? So that they can deliver it to the family. Why two people? That's my question. Why not one? To ensure that they will remain honest. You know why? Because what happens is that if you're the only person who knows about something, then what happens? You can hide it. You can pretend not to know. But if there's even one more person who knows about it, then you become more conscious. 
then you will remain honest and truthful. Because you will have this fear that what if he lets people know? And even if he is an accomplice with you in the wrong that you're doing, then still you will have this fear, what if he cheats me? What if he tells people about my crime? It's good in the favor of the witness and also in the favor of the deceased person and his family. Now, a person was dying, he handed over his wealth to two people, they brought it to his family, they gave it to them. And then when they receive it, when they open it up, they doubt the honesty of those two men. Why? They have a reason to. For example, let's say it was the mother. And the mother's jewelry is sent by the dead mother to who? To the son, through those two people. And the son knows that my mother had eight gold bangles. And I know that when she was leaving, she had all eight on. And now when these two people, when they bring those bangles, there are only six. If you were in such a situation, would you doubt the person? Yeah, you have a reason to doubt them. Especially when you know that your mother would not give them away to anybody because she knows that how much you love them and it's understood that she's going to give them to you. You have a reason to doubt them. So in the case where the family, where the heirs are doubting those two people, then what will happen? Remember at the beginning we learned, شَهَادَةُ بَيْنِكُمْ Then testimony has to be taken. How? Allah says, تَحْبِسُونَهُمَا You will detain them both. Who both? The two people. You will detain them مِنْ بَعْدِ الصَّلَاةِ After the prayer. Where is the salah to be performed? In the masjid. So it means in the masjid, after salah, and the scholars have said it refers to salatul asr. So after that, what will happen? Both of these people will be detained. And فَيُقْسِمَانِ بِاللَّهِ They will both swear by Allah. They will both swear oaths by Allah. In which case? In the case where inirtabtum, If you all doubt. Meaning you doubt their honesty. Who does you refer to? The heirs. What will they say? What oath will they take? They will say, لَا نَشْتَرِي بِهِ ثَمَنًا we will not sell it for any thaman. We will not sell what? We will not sell our oath. We will not exchange it. For what? For a thaman. Meaning for any price, for any gain. Because if we are taking two bangles, we are as though selling our oath. We are giving it. We are giving up our honesty, our integrity for the sake of those two bangles. So they say, لَا نَشْتَرِي بِهِ ثَمَنًا We would never ever exchange our oath for any worldly gain. وَلَوْ كَانَ ذَا قُرْبَ Even if it is a close relative. Who? The person who would benefit. That I want these two bangles. I'm pretending that only six were given to me. I'm taking these two and I'll give them to my wife and she'll be so happy. I'll give them to my mother and she'll be so happy. They say, no, even if my closest relative is going to benefit from this, from my lie, from my crime, I won't do it. And they say, وَلَا نَكْتُمُ شَهَادَةَ Allah," And we do not conceal the testimony of Allah. Meaning what Allah has testified to, what Allah has witnessed. And what is it that Allah has witnessed? The reality. So in other words, we do not hide the reality at all. Because if we were to do that, إِنَّا إِذَا لَمِنَ الْآثِمِينَ Then indeed we would surely be of the sinful ones. 
that we say, no, no, your mother never gave eight bangles. She only gave six bangles. They're hiding the reality. They say, if we do that, then we would surely be sinful. Now when they will swear these oaths in the masjid, then they cannot be accused of theft. They cannot be accused of treachery. They will be believed as who? As innocent and honest people. So they will be left. Now what happens? Allah says, فَإِنْ عُثِرَ Then if it was discovered, عَلَىٰ upon أَنَّهُمَا إِسْتَحَقَّ إِثْمًا That these two are actually guilty of sin. عُثِرَ عَلَىٰ From the root letters, عَيْنْ سَارَ عُثِرَ عَلَىٰ عَيْنْ سَارَ Which means to discover something by chance. To come across something accidentally. That you're not looking for something, but you just come across it by chance. How? That you go somewhere and you see that a woman is wearing two bangles that look exactly like the ones that your mother left. They look exactly like that. Identical. And you know, especially if you've seen something on your mother, on your father, on your close relatives, then you recognize it. So you see them and you ask the person, by the way, where did you get these from? Say, oh, I've bought them on Kijiji. So so and so person was selling them. What was their name? Let, Let me check my email. They check their email. It's the exact person who brought your mother's six bangles to you. So now you know that these are my mother's bangles, which this person sold. And they came to the masjid and swore a false oath. Now in this situation, what has been done? The heirs, they have suffered from injustice. Okay? So in this case, what will happen? فَإِنْ عُثِرَ If it is discovered, عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُمَا That indeed these two are what? إِسْتَحَقَّ إِثْمًا They are guilty of sin. إِسْتَحَقَّ They are deserving. إِسْتَحَقَّ is to deserve. From حَقْ حَقْ is what? Right. So إِسْتَحَقَّ To have a right. To deserve. So they are deserving of sin. Meaning they are guilty of sin. They have willfully told an untruth in a court. They gave false testimony. Then what will happen? فَآخَرَانِ يَقُومَانِ مَقَامَهُمَا Then two others, two other people will يَقُومَانِ They will stand مَقَامَهُمَا in their place. Which place? The place where the first two men stood and gave testimony. Where was that? In the masjid. And they swore oaths that we are innocent, we would never exchange an oath for a worldly gain, we would then be sinful. So they stood in the masjid, they swore those oaths. But those oaths were what? False. So now they have to be cancelled out. How? That two people from the heirs, they will stand in that place. And who are these two people? Allah says, مِنَ الَّذِينَ They are from those who إِسْتَحَقَّ عَلَيْهِمْ istahaqqa alayhim means those who have a lawful right because istahaqqa again what does it mean to have a right to deserve so they have a lawful right they are deserving of what of what they have claimed and these two are al awlayan the closest the two who are nearest the two who are closest closest to who the deceased person. So in the case where a woman died, her son for example, okay, her two sons for instance, they too, both of them will stand in the masjid and then they will swear oaths. 
What will they do? فَيُقْسِمَانِ بِاللَّهِ Then both of them will swear by Allah that لَشَهَادَتُنَا Surely our testimony is أَحَقُّ is truer. It is more true مِنْ شَهَادَتِهِمَا than the testimony of the former two people. Our testimony is truer than these two. Why? How? Because we have material evidence. We have physical evidence. The former two didn't have any physical evidence. But we have physical evidence to show that they are guilty, that they lied. And they will say, وَمَعْتَدَيْنَا And we are not transgressing over here. We are not committing any injustice against these two people by accusing them of something they have not done. No, we have physical proof. And if we were to accuse them falsely, إِنَّا indeed we إِذَنْ then لَمِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ Surely from the wrongdoers. Then we would be ظَالِمٍ Then we would be unjust. And we wouldn't do that. If we falsely accuse them, we would be doing ظُلْم. Now when this will happen, the two people will be accused of theft, of treachery. And then obviously, a decision will be made by the judge as to how they are to be punished. And that is left to the discretion of the judge according to what is ma'roof at the time. That will be done. Allah says, ذَلِكَ That, what? This complicated law that you have learned over here. This whole process. Why has this been given? Why has this been taught? Because... By this, it is adna. Adna is from dal nun wow, dunu, to be closer. So adna, it is closer, meaning it is more likely, when something is nearer, it means it is more likely, that ayyatu bishahadati, that both, that they, that these people will bring the testimony, ala wajhiha, upon its face, meaning upon its true face. True face, meaning in its true form that this process will compel the people who have been given the wasiyah to give the testimony in its true form. This will serve as a deterrent for them. They will be afraid of being treacherous. They will be afraid of lying in court. They will make sure that they don't do any treachery. They are honest. They hand over Whatever has been given by the deceased to his family, they're not treacherous. So this will make sure that they're honest. يَخَافُ Or at least they will fear أَن تُرَدَّ أَيْمَانٌ بَعْدَ أَيْمَانِهِمْ That other oaths might be taken after their oaths. Because when a person knows that whatever I'm saying can be cancelled by somebody else, then what happens? They become more careful. They become more conscious. They make sure that what they say, they say with evidence. It is crystal clear. For example, in Sahih Bukhari, we see that Imam Bukhari's style is very amazing. He will write something as a chapter heading, and the typical refutations that are out there, he will disprove them immediately. How? By quoting a statement of a scholar before even he brings a hadith. Okay, before even he brings a hadith, he will quote something to make sure that people have no doubt as they proceed. So when you have this fear that people might refute what you're saying, then you put an extra effort to make sure that your argument is very, very strong. 
What you're saying is very solid, is backed with evidence. So just like that, when these two people will fear that their testimony can be cancelled by the testimony of the family, then they'll make sure that whatever they say is very, very true. So this entire law, why do you think Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given this? In order to protect the wealth of who? The dying person and his heirs. So that they get their right. No one is treated with injustice. No one suffers. Allah says, وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهِ Fear Allah, وَاسْمَعُوا and listen. Listen to what? To what is being explained very attentively. Because if you don't listen, then how will you understand? وَاللَّهُ لَا يَهْدِ الْقَوْمَ الْفَاسِقِينَ And Allah does not guide the defiantly disobedient people. Over here Allah says, fear Allah. Why? Because a person should do what is right out of the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But sometimes people don't have that fear of Allah. Who do they fear? Other people. Who do they fear? That their reputation will get ruined. Who do they fear? The law. So as a result of this fear, they do what is right. And if they didn't have this fear, if the law was not in place, if their reputation was not at risk, then they would not bother to do what is right. So a person should be doing right out of the fear of Allah first and foremost. وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَاسْمَعُوا وَاللَّهُ لَا يَهْدِ الْقَوْمَ الْفَاسِقِينَ He does not guide who? The disobedient people, the sinful people. The guidance is there. But who benefits? Those who want to benefit. Those who truly accept it and follow it. Now these verses, they're very different from what we have studied so far. It feels like as if you're sitting in a law class. And I know you have many, many questions in your head. But what if this happens? And what if that happens? But because this is not the place to study law, if you want to study Islamic law, inshallah, there are many other places where you can go and do that. And because the details are many. And if we start discussing them right now, we won't be able to get through our Ta'lim quran course. Okay? So this is why we have to limit ourselves over here. But... What do we understand? What is relevant to us over here? What lesson can we take for ourselves from these verses? First and foremost, that we should be very, very clear about what we own, about our property, whether it is money sitting in the bank or it is things that we have kept in the house, the work that we do, and we should be concerned that what if I die right now? What if I die today? What's going to happen to my wealth? What's going to happen to my money? Who's going to do the work that I'm doing? Is it going to be carried on? Is it going to be taken care of? Or will it be lost amongst the many things that are disorganized in my house, in my life? So we need to organize ourselves. We need to make sure that the people around us, they're aware of what we do, how it is done, what kind of work we are doing. People should be aware. And likewise, we should be fulfilling our commitments. Whatever we have started, we should complete Whatever amanat we have, we should hand over to their owners as soon as possible because death comes without any warning. We could die today. Secondly, in an event such as this, that a person unexpectedly sees death approaching him, then he should ensure that his wealth is taken to his family and he should adopt whatever means that he can in order to ensure that this happens. And we also see over here about the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that how He has guided us with every single matter of our lives. Even this kind of a situation which every person doesn't experience. I was just doing some reflecting and I was like, Allahu Akbar, how amazing are these verses? Because 
when a person is dying, like it's like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reassuring them, don't worry about the people left behind. Let me worry about that. It's like so reassuring for the dying person that they don't have to worry about their family and their loved ones getting what they deserve because Allah is making sure, don't worry, I'm going to make sure that they're going to get what they deserve. And that's why such a comprehensive and thorough law is being taught over here for all of us to learn that, you know, it's so comprehensive and thorough so that we learn and we understand, you know, what the deserving people are being left behind. That Allah cares for the heirs more than we care for them. And yet people are afraid that if I die, what will happen to my family? Allah will take care of them. وَمَا مِن دَابَّةٍ فِي الْأَرْضِ إِلَّا عَلَى اللَّهِ رِزْقُهَا There is no creature on the earth except that Allah takes care of its provision. We listen to the recitation of these ayahs. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا عَلَيْكُمْ أَنفُسَكُمْ لَا يَضُرُّكُمْ مَنْ ضَلَّ إِذَا اهْتَدَيْتُمْ إِلَى اللَّهِ مَرْجِعُكُمْ جَمِيعًا فَيُنَبِّئُكُمْ بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا شَهَادَةُ بَيْنِكُمْ إِذَا حَضَرَ أَحَدَكُمُ الْمَوْتُ حِينَ الْوَصِيَّةِ اثْنَانِ ذَوَى عَدْلٍ مِّنْكُمْ اثْنَانِ ذَوَى عَدْلٍ مِّنْكُمْ أَوْ آخَرَانِ مِنْ غَيْرِكُمْ إِنْ أَنْتُمْ ضَرَبْتُمْ فِي الْأَرْضِ فَأَصَابَتْكُمْ مُصِيبَةُ الْمَوْتِ تَحْبِسُونَهُمَا مِنْ بَعْدِ الصَّلَاةِ فَيُقْسِمَانِ بِاللَّهِ فَيُقْسِمَانِ بِاللَّهِ إِنِ ارْتَبْتُمْ لَا نَشْتَرِي بِهِ ثَمَنًا وَلَوْ كَانَ ذَا قُرْبَى وَلَا نَكْتُمُ شَهَادَةَ اللَّهِ وَلَا نَكْتُمُ شَهَادَةَ اللَّهِ إِنَّا إِذَا لَمِنَ الْآثِمِينَ فَإِنْ عُثِرَ عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُمَ اسْتَحَقَّا إِثْمًا فَآخَرَانِ يَقُومَانِ مَقَامَهُمَا فَآخَرَانِ يَقُومَانِ مَقَامَهُمَا مِنَ الَّذِينَ اسْتَحَقَّ عَلَيْهِمُ الْأَوْلَيَانِ فَيُقْسِمَانِ فَيُقْسِمَانِ بِاللَّهِ لَشَهَادَتُنَا أَحَقُّ مِنْ شَهَادَتِهِمَا وَمَعْتَدَيْنَا وَمَعْتَدَيْنَا إِنَّا إِذَا لَمِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ ذَلِكَ أَدْنَى أَنْ يَأْتُوا بِالشَّهَادَةِ عَلَى وَجْهِهَا أَوْ يَخَافُوا أَوْ يَخَافُوا أَنْ تُرَدَّ أَيْمَانٌ بَعْدَ أَيْمَانِهِمْ وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَاسْمَعُوا وَاللَّهُ لَا يَهْدِي الْقَوْمَ الْفَاسِقِينَ Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta 
نستغفرك ونتوب اليك السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته